compound your money today with the app Compounder. You just need to invest more of the money that you earn and stop spending it on junk. Golly almighty. If you put away $100 a month for just 15 years, you could be looking at around $35,000. And let me tell you, I'm looking at the numbers right now. You'll be looking at $38,000 and you would only have to put in $18,000. So your profit on the over the course at just a 10% rate of return, your profit would be upwards of $20,000. So stop BSing and stop and start investing. Welcome, welcome. It's great to be back. Oh, man. Guess what I'm drinking right now, Manson? Uh, Michelob Ultra Light. Oh, close call. I just made myself a nice Moscow Mule in a copper cup. Uh, For those of you who don't know, uh, use a copper cup literally just to keep it cold. So that's why they do that for Moscow mules. But uh, I'm soaking it in. Uh, Huge news dropped about an hour ago. So I'm just doing a little bit of a celebratory drink. Okay. Um, Was it MLB news? Because I think I know what you're talking about. Oh, you know it was. Huge bomb uh, in the MLB. So, uh, yeah, just celebrating that. Oh, are you? Is it uh, Tim Tebow announcing his retirement? That's it. There we go. <laughs> oh, a solid, what, 30 seconds in the minor leagues? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I got that notification. I was like, man, it feels like – how long ago was it that he, like, led the Broncos – What was it that the AFC championship? Like, how far did he bring them? Uh, they went to – the divisional round, I believe, uh, that one year they made the playoffs. That was that same year. Uh, they took the Steelers to overtime in the, in the first, like, offensive play in overtime. He threw, like, a slant to Demarius Thomas, and he just yeah. took it the rest of the way. Um, okay. So, I want to say that was, like, 2012. Um, Skip Bayless was still with ESPN at that point, so that kind of dates you a little bit. Wow. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you, you, uh, you would say he had a cup of coffee in the minor leagues. That's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, just watching his swing, he didn't quite have it all together. He was more, I mean, I could see why a, a team might give him consideration just cause you're going to get support from a fan base. Um, but either way, um, I know the real news that you're particularly biased and excited for uh, <laughs> is the Tatis 14-year, $340 million. Yep. So we just got the uh, report. So it's it's 14 year or 13 years, sorry, um, $340 million. Um, sorry, 14 years, $340 million. Uh, averages about like $24.2 million a year which is a great deal for the Padres. It's a, it's good in the short, short term for Tatis too, but uh, 
his value is going to be worth more than that, more than likely in just a year or two. So the last, you know, 12 years of that deal, it's pretty much a steal. Um, so here's the, here's the contract details. I was wrong when I spoke earlier, it did buy out his, um, current contract. So even though it is an extension, it replaces whatever was currently in place. Oh, so he was sick and tired of getting paid 120 K or whatever. And he was like, let's, I'll take a hit on these next two years. If you sign me for possibly. So he was, he was, he made 500,000 last year, which is, I mean, still great in the, you know, if you're comparing it to pretty much any other job, you're not going to make $500,000 working in sanitation or at waste management. Yeah. But he, in fact, Hey, I, did you hear about the guy from waste management? Um, he died uh, walking into a well. He, oh, and what did he say? Well, he didn't say anything, but rumor has it he just couldn't see that well. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. So you got to be careful when you work in any kind of sanitation business. So be on the lookout there for both jokes and for death. I guess, but, um, but yeah, huge, huge news in the baseball world. This is, it's crazy. It's, we talked about, it's a little bit unprecedented for someone to get an offer like this, this early in the in their career. I mean, he's, he's been in the league now for two, two seasons, but one of them was only 60 games long. I mean, I think me and you talked about it. It makes sense though, right? Like if you're the Padres, you have to do this. Yeah, there's only, I mean, a better deal I I did hear about. So, the Bobby Vanilla contract is up the same year that Tatis's contract ends. That'll be the last time Bobby gets a million dollars. Wow. So, That'll be the last Bobby Vanilla day. Wow. So, July 1st, uh, 2035, it sounds like. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure. That, yeah. The, not the exact day, but yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I think we've talked about, you know, what you would do if you got paid out a million direct deposit every year, you know, for basically 30 years is what he ended up getting. But, um, I was informed by a Mets fan, uh, that I know that actually that's not a super uncommon thing. It's just the most, it was just the first time, that a team decided to um, essentially elongate the duration of the contract. Um, so we'll have to do some more research, but I think that there are some other Bobby Benilla uh, type contracts out there um, where maybe just not as um, like a million dollars a year is pretty, that's pretty big. Well, I feel, like- and he hasn't been playing for the Mets for at least probably what 15 years now no geez no i would let's look i gotta look this up you continue so while he's looking this up just a couple things to go over of note this is the third largest contract in mlb history behind trout and mookie bets which makes sense you know like pretty much all sports there's uh record-breaking deals every couple years um just as the market continues to grow um, and, you know, there's just more demand. 
um, for higher paying dollars. But the one thing that this made me think, and I, we talked about this back, uh, you know, pretty early on to the daily double podcast is that how bad does this look? Those, uh, does this make those deals that both Ozzy Albies and Acuna took again, they were bad in their time, but just to go over the details on those, so Ozzy Albies takes uh, these both both of these guys signed these essentially extensions in April of 2019. Ozzy Albies extension, um, his deal was for seven years, thirty five million dollars. So oh, ends oh, up oh. being about five million dollars a year. I think we can all agree he's worth more than that. Um, okay, so do you think that he – it had to have been that same situation where he got out of those first two years making 500000 Yeah, I I feel like he must have owed some bad people money, and he was like, I just got to get paid $5 million a year, like, right now. Um, because that's a bad contract, like, even right now for him. Um, yeah. But the – in my opinion, the worst, what I estimate the worst one is, is Ronald Acuna signs an eight year, $100 million deal. So, oh my God. so that ends up panning out to be just a little bit over $12 million a year. And he, I mean, a cent- he, he is a top five MLB player. And the, like, at the time of his extension is essentially where Tatis is right now like very beginning of his career um, coming off of a postseason first postseason appearance um, for the team and a little bit of, of time. Um, and so a lot of it is based on potential, uh, but uh, you know, obviously a good amount of it is based on what have you already done in your short time in the league. It's just amazing. I mean, the fact that if you're, if you're Ronald Acuna and you're saying, I still have six years getting paid twelve million a year, and Tatis is making double now. Right, right now, uh, what I'm making—that's just a tough pill to swallow. I feel like uh, who, who, are, who's the agent for both those guys? Because the uh, the Braves absolutely fleeced both of them. Yeah, no, I mean that—that's what. It could be one of those things where, like, the two good guys on the team are like, hey, I'm willing to take a pay cut. Let's win a championship. But I just don't think they're there yet. No. Well, you hear about those kind of things happening when a guy is, like, you know, maybe in his 10th year in the league and he's, like, already made Yeah, money. made a bunch of money, put up a bunch of numbers, maybe made, like, you know, six, seven all-star teams. And he's, like, I, I'm getting sick and tired of hitting, like, 315 with – 30 home runs and, you know, a hundred RBIs, but we don't like, you know, but this isn't fulfilling enough for me. I need something more. And so they're like, I'm going to take a team friendly deal so that I can get a little bit more uh, like team success down the road. Yeah. So I found Bobby Benil. Bobby Vanilla. It's either Bobby Bonilla or Bobby. Vanilla. I, I like uh, Vanilla Vanilla. Let's go with that. Yeah. <laughs> Vanilla. <laughs> His last year playing for the Mets was 99, but I'm, I'm unable to find what – because – so he kind of had an interesting stint. He played – his last year was 1999 with the Mets, and he put up pretty good numbers. I'm going through it right now. <clears throat> so 
287 homers in the career. But let me see. In 99, he hit a solid – he batted 160 in 60 games with 19 walks, 18 RBIs, and four home runs. But, okay, he also had a stint with the Mets – from 92 to 94 where he actually put up some numbers. He hit 19, 34, and 20 home runs, but that his, his good old days were over. He had, he had four straight all-star appearances from 88 to 91, but yeah, he was well gone. I don't know what year he agreed to that 30-year what what year is Tati's contract up? 2034. I guess 2035 is when he becomes an unrestricted free agent. So 2034 is his last year of his contract. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm not sure how that all works so, out. So I, I, even hearing what you're saying about, you know, those last, you know, the stats he was putting up, um, you know, towards the end, None of those. And I, I, I do get, I get the logistics behind it. They're extending, they're, you know, basically um, diluting the, the financial impact um, over a longer period of time. But if you're talking from just a business standpoint, none of those years where he hits, you know, a year where he hits 160, even parallels to the fact that for 35 years, you're paying him a million a year to do literally nothing. He's done. He's not doing contributing anything to the club. That's amazing. That's a one. That's really of a one of a kind type deal. Hey, sorry, sorry about that. I don't know. I seriously don't know what happened. The last thing I heard was parallels to the fact. Okay, so yeah, sorry, quick blip there, but we're back here. Um, yeah, I just what I was saying was it doesn't even parallel to the fact that um, for thirty-five years he he's getting paid nothing, or I mean he's getting paid a million a year to do nothing for the club. So that's that's the more amazing thing. Yeah, it sucks to be paying a guy, you know. Uh, a good amount of money for hitting 160, but it's it's even worse. It's even worse to to be paying a guy a million dollars a year for 35 years when he's not even playing for your club anymore. Yeah, no, I mean, well, so the way money works is you would much rather have 30 million that year one than. 30 million spread out over 30 years. Hell, you'd if if you were reasonable, you'd even rather have 15 million year 1 than 30 million spread spread out over the um the 30 years because of the rate of return you could get on that 15 million over the course of of 30 years. So that's a good um we were talking about the compounder app and i know i'm gonna put in a the ad right here for it it the way that your money compounds 
I'm, I wish that that baseball players that made the, uh, an enormous amount of money knew what I knew, and they would do it, tremendous things with their money and multiply it over time. But and I, I hope because you know that you, you want to know two ways to go bankrupt, Tommy. Let's hear it. Either become a professional athlete or win the lottery. Did you know that the odds of you going bankrupt increase tenfold if you were either one of those? Well, I, I did watch a documentary, uh, Bankrupt uh, 30 for 30. So that's not, <laughs> that's not a. Too. And I did stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night. So I guess I am pretty familiar with both of those things. But uh, yeah, well, that's crazy. You wouldn't think that's not, that's very counterintuitive. Getting that much money uh, does not really, you think, oh, I'm like secure, if anything, right? Yeah. And that's why I kind of think if, although, even though Bobby Vanilla did do the, th- the 30 million over 30 years, that might have kind of was one way of protecting him because, I mean, he can only spend a million dollars in any given year rather than blowing your whole fortune. And I wouldn't look forward to the next Bobby Vanilla day. (laughs) And I wouldn't put it past Bobby to just throw a massive party every July 1st and blow (laughs) all million every single seven one. And just live broke the rest of the year. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. Oh Oh, my goodness. So yeah, that's the big news really um, in uh, the MLB. So that's huge. I mean, the, the, it's no secret the Padres have had an explosive offseason, uh, picking up Darvish and Snell. Um, it'll be really interesting to see. Like this year, their rotation's already great. But next year, when they get Clevenger back, they'll have Clevenger, Darvish, Snell. Uh, and we'll see how Denelson Lamette ends up being this year. He was great last year. If he like can build off of or at least just stay the same as he was last year, you have those – four and then Joe Musgrove to finish it off. I think that it's hard to argue, you know, probably them and the Dodgers hands down have the best two rotations in the MLB. You know, I think Denelson's parents had a seizure halfway through naming him. (laughs) Why is that? (laughs) Because I feel like he has two different first names and within this first name, like they were like, let's name him Daniel. No Nelson. And then, (laughs) uh, you know, actually, his name kind of reminds me of, you know, those like um, like charts that are like, what would your rapper name be? Um, and then you have to put like your first initial or the first letter of your first name and first letter of your last name together. And they just have words assigned with it. Well, his is like Danelle and then or or like someone came up with it with a bet and uh Danellian was one of the names and then <laughs> Jackson was the other. And they're like, let's compromise with Denelson. <laughs> oh, Denelson. He's, well, like, he's a solid. I mean, what, I mean, he, he throws hard and he's got a nasty slider. So you can call him whatever the hell. Well, he wouldn't agree <laughs> with that, but you can call him whatever the hell you want on this podcast. And I don't care. He, yeah. he uh, he's a good, he's going to be probably the best fourth, uh, yeah. Well, I don't know. Yeah, he'll probably be four. Yeah, I, I was just going to ask you, where, where do you think in the rotation? Uh, I mean, with Clevenger, he's probably five, yeah? 
No, well, he'll be three. He'll be three this year without Clev, but he'll be four next year. I think it's going to go. My guess is it's going to go uh, Snell, Darvish, uh, Denelson, Musgrove, and then probably Paddock this year. And then Paddock will get pushed out next year, and it'll be same thing. Um, but Denelson will be the four instead of the three. And then Joe, Joe Musgrove will be the five instead of the four. <laughs> God, that's uh, finally the Padres are like, this is the first time in a long time they've had starting pitching. Like, oh my you God, can, you can name three of their starters. Like it's, when they, it's... when they blew up their, I mean, let's just think about just a couple years ago, they named Eric Lauer their, their opening day starter. That was embarrassing when they did that. I wow. think it was 2018 that they did it. And fast forward three years later, and they have, you know, a Cy Young Award winner. Uh, Hugh Darvish is an all-star. Um, I don't know if Clevenger – does Clevenger have an all-star? Not at all. He might – him – he he is, like, probably going to be one, you know, just assuming that he recovers well from his surgery. But, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see, I think. It's really a two two horse race in the NL West. It's it's it'd be shocking to see anyone else besides the Padres and the Dodgers be one two in that division at the end of this year. Yeah. Ooh. So <laughs> I I have the soundboard up and I I found a good keep it going one. keep it going. The soundboard was our friend in last podcast, even if it was negative sounds. So I like it. Um. Well. I, I saw this thing on Instagram. I wanted to see if you saw, uh, but it was a list of different percentages of teams making the play- playoffs. And it had the Baltimore Orioles at 0.0% <laughs> chance. The disrespect. <laughs> I don't think that, I mean, whoever put that together must not know that 0.0% chance. Like it's kind of like, if a team's down in the NBA 25 points with two minutes left, you don't say 100% chance. You say, because, I mean, if lightning struck and killed the other team, like, we're looking, like, that's, there's still a chance. Well, I mean, listen, you know better than anyone, the Lancaster Jethawks probably had a 100% chance as close to a hundred percent chance as possible of winning a game in 2019. And it didn't happen. And uh, for those of you who, uh, you know, don't recall this one, um, Manson set the scene real quick, recap what happened there. So it's a Lancaster jet Hawk home game and they're fighting their way to get into the playoff picture. They're up 10 to one in the bottom of the no what would have been the top of the ninth the top of the ninth inning sorry and they're up 10 to 1 with two outs and nobody on and you're thinking to yourself hey guys just one out away like if i'm in the field for the jet hawks and like you're you're so relaxed there's not a, a tense bone in your body like Hit, I'm hit. thinking. I'm thinking about what beer I'm having, After like in exactly. twenty minutes. And, this, and I kid you not, this this game clinches a playoff spot for the Jetthawks. They they go on to clinch anyway. But back to the game. 
10 to 1, nobody on, two outs, top of the ninth. And uh, I think it was the Lake Elsinore somethings. The storm. The storm. The guy gets a bloop single, guy on first, and then two walks, right? And also, I was going to say, the inning to get to this point with – what was it? The inning Wasn't started... it ten nothing to start, and then they scored a run like quickly, and then two outs, and then it was ten one. Yeah, well, it was ten one with two outs. That's ten one. If, if that outs, was the starting point, ten one two outs, bases loaded is still an incredible comeback. Like almost <laughs> at that point, the the fact whether it's bases loaded or no one on is almost irrelevant when you're up nine runs with two outs in the top of the ninth. Because think, think about this, Tommy. You're, you're up to – say you're the guy that's hitting and you're down 10-1 in the top of the ninth with two outs. You're sitting there, like, thinking, hopefully I don't make the last out. Yeah, whatever. Like, uh, but you're already thinking this game's over. And you – someone to, came up to you and told you, hey, in order for you guys to win this game, you guys need to bat through the lineup one and a half times without making an out. <laughs> Okay, well, the thing that I'm thinking of right right now is, like, how many situations do you have where you're, like, you come up and you're, like, I just don't want to be the last out twice in an inning. That almost never happens. Wow, that's a great point. Yeah, so the fact that that person thought that, and the thing that I really thought of when you first told me this story was, you know, there's that old cliche that's, like, you're not going to, you know – any kind of big lead or big deficit that you're in, um, you're, you'll hear something from your coach that's like, you're not going to tie the game up for one with one swing. Like, that doesn't ring more true than when you're up down nine with two outs and the bases are empty. And you're like, well, I'm not going uh, to tie this game up with one swing, so I might as well just go at it. It's just amazing. Like, we went... I ended up going through and looking at the odds not one time in Major League Baseball's, you know, pretty much, I think it's around 150-year history has there been, basically as long as they've been keeping data on this, (laughs) there has never been a time. And and trust me, the site that we went through, they keep, there's a log of basically every MLB game that's ever been played, and you can basically type in, circumstances okay it's um you know there are uh it's the top of the ninth and you're down five runs you know how many times does a team come back from this in mlb history and it'll say a number and tell you like it's like you know a 0.5 percent chance that it's going to happen or something like that but this literally had zero this is one of those times where zero percent would have been appropriate for a win percentage and they still won so the yeah. fact that someone graded the Orioles at 0% means that they, in their eye, they thought there was more likelihood of the Lake Elsinore storm coming back down nine runs with two outs in the top of the ninth than the Orioles making a playoff spot in 2021. That is just insulting. That's the sound of the or- the Orioles season. Regardless, 
I just I imagine if you're an Orioles fan, I just imagine Mr. Krabs playing his little tiny violin, <laughs> sad violin, the second you see 0.0%. God, imagine being on that team and just being like, all right, guys, they have us at literally a 0%. The thing is, though, I mean, I really – they have such a bad team. They really do. Oh, like, I mean, they they have a terrible team. There's there's not – it's not a, an anomaly why they're they're projected to come in last in – the American League East, but still, the issue is a zero point zero percent. I mean, I, come on. I I just think that yeah, I think that you could give them a like a zero point one percent is at least what you could do for them. Yeah, and I the thing that makes me think is like, what do you think you could get for an MLB future on the Orioles to just win the to World the Series playoffs. or just to make the playoffs? Yeah. Like it's, you, I mean, according to that, you should make them infinity dollars. You should yeah. be paid as much as you want every day for the rest of your life because it's a 0% chance of it happening. That would, like, in theory, that would be a fun future to watch until you watch the Orioles play, like, two weeks of baseball to start the season. <laughs> and you're like, I, I basically beard. pissed this money away. I could have spent it literally on, on a gumball, and it would have been better. <laughs> I, if if we can pull that together and put that on uh, on Twitter, I'd like to see what the future is or the futures bet and money line is for the uh, Orioles making the playoffs. That that's funny. Because, yeah, I mean, I feel like we'd have to, if if it's like, I mean, I could see it being two hundred to one. I'd say higher. I would I would guess maybe three hundred to one. Oh, man. Well, now that we're kind of going back into the betting realm, kind of explain how we've been doing these last. So it's been a, you know, like I had mentioned uh, the other day, it's been a very much a roller coaster. Uh, we've been up, we've been down. Um, we've had some back in black, black Betty days. Um, we've, we've had some, you know, in the red days, uh, right now we're 23 and 24 and that's good for, um, I believe we're right now we're down like th- 3.09 units. Um, I haven't checked the scores for today, but, um, really honestly, we've, you know, a, a, a great snapshot of how the last week or so have gone has gone is, uh, on, on Monday we went five and one. And yesterday we went one and five. So listen, nothing about this podcast is going to be just run of the mill. We're going to have a lot of fireworks. And part of that means you're going to have some down days, but it's a long-term play. Like I, uh, I'm promising 60% win percentage by the end of the year, we're going to be up 50 units. You can take that to the damn grave or the (laughs) damn well, if you, uh, if you want. So, um, that's where we're at. Uh, and yeah, hopefully we're, we're just going to continue to bet, um, on mostly spreads and money line or spreads and over unders for, uh, NBA and college basketball sprinkle in some, uh, hockey here and there. I put a Jordan Spieth to win the, uh, pro-am at Pebble beach this past weekend at plus plus one seventy five. That didn't end up working out, but, um, it's okay. It's part of the process. We'll, we'll probably be even more active by the time 
March Madness, NBA playoffs, um, MLB season rolls around. Um, so super excited, but uh, stay tuned. We're going to j- just continue to post picks daily. <laughs> yeah, here I found I found the, the odds, Tommy, for the Orioles. Okay, so 300 to 1 is what I'm sticking with for them to make the playoffs. I, I mean, we pretty much split it. It's 253 to 1. Just to make the playoffs? To make the playoffs. Like, I don't know why I'm surprised about that when I set a number higher, but just to hear it confirmed is incredible. I mean, and the next – I mean, Detroit Tigers aren't far, aren't far behind with 223-1. to one. Oh, my gosh. It makes you think, like, what kind of odds do you think the Nationals had when they were 19-31 and 31, um, the, in 2019 when they won the World Series? Like, if you took a future on them to win the World Series, literally right after they, they um, lost their 31st game, I'm curious, to, I'm curious to find out, like, what you would have gotten. The payout would have been insane. So I just need to just to make sure what is plus two five three three. The the number is plus two five three three. Yeah. Oh, so no, that's only that only 25. pay twenty five point three three to one just for them to make the playoffs. No, oh, right. Okay, so that's much lower. Wow, that's I would never take those odds. I mean. For yeah, yeah, Jesus. for them to make the playoffs, just I mean, for them to win eighty, like we're thinking they probably would have to win what, like eighty three, eighty four games minimum to to get into a wild card spot. Likely more. I'd probably say probably upper eighties. Yeah, no, they're. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna lose over a hundred games. Holy smokes! Well. Um, the, the sad song that you, you played made me think of though, I was, I had heard this song that I sent over to you earlier this week and you didn't end up getting it, but we went through, um, some songs. This song was, it's called Mad Con, uh, or it's called Beggin' by Mad Con, um, oh, yeah. known, known on the NBA live 09 soundtrack and it made me think, like, I sent it to Manson because the second I heard the song, I was like, this makes me think about playing NBA Live 09. Tony Parker on the cover. LeBron, literally, you could drive to the rim every single possession if you wanted to and dunk. But it made me think, like, what are some of those other songs that uh, that you have a strong association with? And I don't know if we can actually plug these in here and there. Uh, for the podcast, Manson. But the first one that I came up with was uh, Sarah McLaughlin, Angel. It's like this really slow, sad song. And do you, when you hear Sarah McLaughlin, just the artist, does that make you think of anything specific? Let me play. I'm, I'm going to play it right now. Okay. Oh, eyes of an angel. Yeah. <laughs> we got to go.
She looks like the. Oh, come on. Oh, here we go. Makes me think of Mike Trout. Oh, one, one, that's, there's going to be a, a huge buzzkill when I tell you what it is. But just keep letting this play. <laughs> okay. And tell me you don't see a commercial with shelter dogs where they're like, uh, <laughs> yep, where they're uh, telling right. you, hey, listen, these dogs are going to die if you don't adopt them or ten donate. Cents a day, some, ten cents a day. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And listen, I, let me clarify. We are a pro dog podcast, <laughs> but that is just a psychological, a mental connection that you have. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Manson, next song I want you to play. It's called type in Kerncraft 400. And this is the artist name is going to give it away, but zombie nation. Okay. Hold on. Zombie. Oh, I better get, is it techno? Yeah, it's, I mean, you're the second you hear it, you're going to know. Open Gundam style. (laughs) Just fast forward it like 15 more seconds. Oh, God. Okay, what is this one? There's are probably I would have taken two acceptable answers. One is someone just hit a home run in the MLB. They they're playing. Oh, yeah. The fireworks are shooting out of center field behind center field, and this is playing. Or there you're coming out of a timeout, and it's the last ten seconds of a like a a wire like a very close Lumber. NBA game okay. and uh and like the like for example if you're in the Moda Center and the Blazers are coming out of the timeout with the ball and you know Damian Lillard's gonna get a shot either to to win or or lose essentially. I wonder if players get used to hearing this song like on either side. They're just like yeah. <laughs> I I I think that even if you're like Kobe like he imagine how many times he probably heard that on both the offensive and defensive side. I don't think there is anything on earth that can stop you from getting like the hair on your forearms to raise when you hear that song. And it's like last 10 seconds of an NBA game. <laughs> I, I agree. I, I agree. Uh, okay. You don't have to play. You don't have to play I have these. I have a song for you. All right, let's hear it. This is Spirit in the Sky, right? Spirit in the Sky. This Norman feel, Greenman. This Drew feels Gordon. like uh, Spirit in the Sky feels like, uh, to me, I think pitching change. That's pretty good. 
like the uh, like the 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 this starts coming on right as the the um like starting pitchers walking off the mound like in the top of the sixth. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you see the the reliever coming in from you know from the outfield. That's what I think. I like that. I like that. But uh the the nostalgia I get from this song comes from um, Forrest Gump. Um, uh, that and the end of The Longest Yard. <laughs> <laughs> I used to love that darn movie. Um, but yeah. Uh, ooh. The only, what made me think of another song is Enter Sandman with Mariano Rivera. But I mean... Enter Sandman, Mariano Rivera. Uh, this is a biased one for me, but Hell's Bells was a Trevor Hoffman song when he came oh, in. I love ACDC. Okay, so I've got one more. So uh, play uh, One Shining Moment. Oh, I... This is a... I feel like a little bit of a layup, but... Is that it? No, keep just there. Let it play. You can maybe skip like a thirty more seconds ahead. <laughs> Here we go. All right, so what's that one? This one is it's the March Madness championship game, and they're playing the highlight reel of all of the like top moments of the tournament. I need to watch that now. I'm 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 getting excited. Oh, it's electric. I mean, nothing's better than the actual first couple days of March Madness, but when you when you're like when you're at that third week at, at the end of that third week of it. And it's the championship game, and you're like, I just wish that there was a good compilation to essentially throw together the pandemonium that's been the last three weeks. That CBS just hits it right on the head every single time. Yeah. (laughs) So those are – if you've got any other songs that you – when you hear – you know, it makes you think of something specific. An honor, Maybe someone special. An honorable mention I put in here, uh, Closer by the Chainsmokers. It just feels like a sorority party. Uh, but if you have any of those ones, you know, Enter Sandman, Mariano Rivera, if you're a Yankees fan, that's a great one. Uh, you know, feel free to tweet us. Uh, there it is. I was doing just fine before I met you. I drink too much and that's an issue, but I'm okay. Yeah, you are. <laughs> so, I mean, you can just imagine uh, a, a, a hundred, hundreds, if not thousands of 
sorority girls just all singing that at the same time. So, uh, yeah, tweet us, you know, if you have any other ones that you think of, uh, we'll look forward to hearing some other good ones. Cause I'm sure there's ones that we missed out there. Um, but wanted to move on to something that I saw that we, we posted over the weekend, but that flabbergasted me. And I don't use that word lightly, <laughs> but I'm not sure if you saw this Manson, but this, um, lady named Lorraine, uh, somehow copped an interview, uh, with just a, it looked like a local news station and she was irate about the fact that Tom Brady was throwing the Lombardi trophy from one boat to the other. <laughs> oh God. And she, okay, hold on. Give me one second to, um, to quote what she says, but it was, I mean, I mean, you saw all the stuff about what, you oh, know, she was, but you, you saw though, the whole championship boat parade party, and Tom Brady, we it feels like it's back and forth. Some people think he was fake being drunk. I think it was real. Tom Brady throwing that Lombardi trophy we go. across the water at that boat parade. But tonight, a Southwest Florida woman is telling our listeners. We can hear it from her. Why she does not see this as a laughing matter at all. One thing about Tom Brady, he knows how to throw and catch a oh, football. But tonight, it. one Fort Myers woman says Brady's latest throw insulted her family's legacy. I have a big history of this trophy being made by my father, and it's such an honor. And I know all the craftsmen that made it when my dad was there also at Tiffany's. And it takes a lot of work, a lot of hard work, um, a lot of hours go into it. It just really upset me that this trophy was disgraced and disrespected by being thrown as if it was a real football. You heard that. So Tommy, remember the stand-up comedian that, uh, his name was Brian something. Brian Regan. Brian Regan. And th- this, this is, reminds me of Brian Regan for his science project brought a cup with dirt in it <laughs> and he was trying to explain to the teacher and the teacher was like well, that's pretty interesting stuff you got there brian and brian's like yeah it's a cup with dirt in it <laughs> and like <laughs> trying to explain it and the way i see the L- lombardi trophy is it's a football with a stick on it <laughs> <laughs> like there really isn't much to it wow well said <laughs> And listen, before before I go on what's going to be like a little bit of a rant, I will say, listen, I get like your if your family works in silversmithing and you have like a lot of pride in making trophies and whatnot, I'm not trying to disrespect your family or what you do or whatnot. But get the fuck out of here with that response. <laughs> That, that that little soundbite didn't even include what I think is the most egregious thing she said, which was she went on to say, I didn't sleep for two nights because of this. <laughs> and then she said, I would like an apology, um, not just for myself, but for my family and for all the players. First off, 
if you're not if, if you're not the one who's making it at all, then why does anyone owe you an apology? Second, the players could give two fucks about what's actually happening with the Lombardi Trophy. Hell, two years ago, Gronk dented the Lombardi Trophy hitting a baseball with it. He used it as a baseball bat. <laughs> and no one said anything then. So I don't want to hear... And I'm sorry, Lorraine is like a 1B to the 1A that is Karen of a name, of complaining about things. This is ridiculous. I mean, this is like captain of the no fun, lieutenant of the no fun police is the, uh, I, I mean, listen, who didn't see Tom Brady chucking the, the Lombardi trophy and think that's hilarious. And I think all of us kind of thought, oh, what would have happened if he missed and it went in the water? It probably would have sank. Like that would have kind of been funny too, whatever. But imagine Lorraine's response to that oh my god (laughs) Lorraine would have sent a fucking scuba team to the bottom of the Hillsborough River and said the Bucks can no longer have this this trophy back I just I don't get it listen this is I think it's an honor to have Tom Brady hold your trophy miss madam yeah and PSA for you know anyone who is talking about their trophies or parades or you know really their products or anything listen you did the damn thing you made the trophy and you gave it over to the nfl to award the super bowl winner wipe your hands clean with it and move on i've also heard these reports that her father she claims she's like oh her my father made the trophy her father made the first NF like Lombardi trophy, Super Bowl trophy. He hasn't, he didn't make this one. So they're not directly disrespecting. It's just, I, I don't know. I, it was the most, I don't know. I think there's enough going on in this world that we need to not take things, everything so seriously. And this was like the tip of the iceberg for me. I saw this and I was like, I, I literally, I couldn't do anything besides keep, my jaw dropped. I didn't know what to say at first. And then I just had to share it. And, and honestly, the, you know, one thing that I heard that was, I think very true is she just does not have that kind of self-awareness that I think that I, I would be surprised if she knew that people were blasting her on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, <laughs> just the internet in general. I think she probably, what did they say? South Florida. I could have, I could see her just thinking she did some interview and being like, I think I turned some minds around with this interview. (laughs) My God, take a fucking chill pill, Lorraine. God, Lorraine. I feel like the, the amount of design work that went into the Lombardi trophy is about the amount of design work that went into making the Nike swoosh logo. (laughs) (laughs) And listen, sometimes simplicity is great. But don't sit here and make it seem like you just you just uh, like painted the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel when you made a silver football on top of a stick, as you said. I don't. I, <laughs> it's a football with a stick with on. a stick <laughs> below it. It literally, yeah. literally okay. Uh, verbal uh, verbal meme is it's a. It's the same thing as when you go to do a Nux 
and someone puts their finger underneath it and goes lollipop, except it's a football <laughs> on top of it instead. Oh, Lorraine. And, That's... and I'm not trying to say that, like, really any of the other trophies are that glamorous either. The, the MB- Larry O'Brien trophy is literally a basketball on a hoop. That didn't take a whole lot of creativity there. Uh, I really, I'm surprised that there was somebody that actually, like, got paid to design that thing. I literally, I mean, I've, I've been to the orthodontist and they've come up with retainer molds for me that are <laughs> more intricate than what they did. They literally, <laughs> retainer <mold. laughs> it's, it's amazing. It's not that hard to do. And listen, if it offends you so much, and I'm just going to say this in the off chance that somehow someone in our family is still, uh, is still helping contributing, making that trophy. Like, if it bothers you that much, give it up. It's over. But what other business do you work in that, you know, if I was a, manu- a furniture manufacturer uh, and let's say I, like, helped put, put together, uh, like, those fold-up tables, I'm not going to freak out when I see Bill's Mafia doing those body slams on them. That makes no damn sense. Yeah. I just, you, you know, I... Listen, I'm going to try and bring back down, but I'll end it. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to end with this is in the words of essentially Conor McGregor, Tom Brady, if you're listening right here, which I'm sure you are, you owe an apology to absolutely fucking nobody, nobody (laughs) for that. Throw the trophy. You have seven of those damn things. You You don't need to apologize to anyone about being drunk celebrating your seventh ring or throwing it around do you yeah do your tom brady i think that's a good way to end this one um if if one day and if anyone if any of our listeners um is holding the lombardi trophy one day if it is still the lombardi trophy um feel free to do with it what you will and i think that should kind of resonate with a lot of our audience because i believe a lot of our audience um there's the start the sky is the limit for you guys and i mean that seriously god bless you guys hope your guys's days are you know hope hope it's just going for you better than lorraine is that's all i really have to say uh hope you're having a day closer to tatis than you are lorraine (laughs) say the double